friends, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to ignite your kingdom purpose and equip you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Be sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends so they can be encouraged. On today's episode, Derek Borders, a pastor who also serves as the Oklahoma Youth President, brings our attention to King David, the voices of influence he allowed in his life, and the lessons we can learn from David's choices. Don't go anywhere. Let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey there, Next Gen. What a privilege it is to be back with you on the Next Gen podcast. And this is a place where we learn about growing ourselves and bettering ourselves for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And I am so glad that you are have taken the time today to to be here, to set some time aside and listen. Maybe you're with a couple of friends and you're taking notes. Maybe you're driving down the road, but hopefully something that is said today is going to help you and help you to grow in your leadership ability. Now, I want to start today with a little confession uh, because I've been known to think at times that I am smarter than other people. I know you don't see it, but I have felt that way at times, and I'm sure that some of you have felt that way too. Have you ever done something stupid even though every voice around you was telling you not to do that thing, and you're like, hang on, I'm going to do it anyway, and even though you knew better, you ignored the voice of wisdom, and you went against every piece of sound advice that we receive. And and maybe it turned out well, maybe it worked for you and you're like, yeah, that's right. I really am that smart. And you kind of rubbed it in people's face, or maybe it was a fiasco and you really wished you'd listen uh, to the voices that were around you. I think we're able to overlook some of those moments in our lives, uh, overlook that blind disobedience in ourselves, but we don't expect to see it in a man after God's own heart. I want to talk to us today about a leader in Scripture that we often look to and identify with, and we think, wow, what a great leader. Surely he never messed up. Surely he always listened. He always did the right thing. Uh, But I think we can look at some instances in his life, in a specific instance in particular, where he did not do the right thing as a leader. The, The leader I want to talk to us about today is... King David. Now, in the specific instance we're going to look at, understand that some time has passed since David was that lovable shepherd boy that we are all so fond of hearing about in Sunday school. At this point, he is a triumphant king. He's got a shiny golden throne, conquering armies at his beck and call, and supermodel women on each arm. I'm sure he's got the latest chariot. He's got the finest horses. And all of a sudden, one day, an idea begins to stir inside of King David's small mind. An idea that will place him in the direct path of the wrath of God. He decides to take a census of the nation 
of Israel. Now understand, he doesn't do this just because he geeks out on numbers. It's not because he loves studying demographics. It's not just so he can uh, look at all the success rate. What it is, David is numbering the nation so that he could see where he stood personally against other nations and to prove what he himself had accomplished. He wanted everybody to look and say, well, King David is so superior to these other nations around him. And look at those numbers. Look at the number of people that listen to his great voice. But First Chronicles chapter 21 and verse number seven tells us that God was displeased with this thing and he struck Israel. God becomes angry with the intent of David's heart. Now he speaks to the prophet by the name of Gad, and he tells him to go confront David about his sin and to lay out three options so that David can choose his own punishment. Now think about that for a moment. How many of you, when you were little, your your mom and dad gave you a choice in the punishment that you're going to get? You just snuck out of the house. You just came in past curfew. You just backtalked your mom and they give you punishment options. A, three months without your cell phone. B, three days of your mom and I posting humiliating Facebook posts about your childhood. Or C, Three hours of physical torture. Now, what would you choose if that's your options? Uh, I don't know about you, but I never got options from mom and dad. It was just a, it was just whatever punishment they felt fit the crime at the time. But David, in this scenario, is presented with three options for his punishment. The first choice was A, three years of famine. B is three months of devastation from your foes. And C is three days of the sword of the Lord. And I'm not talking about the Bible sword drill kind either, where you jump up and you scream, sword of the Lord. It's the sword. It's the vengeance of God. And so David tries to make the smart play, and he let Israel fall under God's wrath because he is merciful. So he chooses three days of the sword of the Lord because his banking on the mercy of God, uh, holding back rather than there being three years of famine or three months of devastation from their enemies. And so God sends pestilence upon the nation of Israel. 70,000 men of Israel fall dead. And it seemingly, that, that number, the fact that the, we know that number m- seems to mock the fact that David would have bothered to even count them to begin with. It's like, you are numbering all these people. I'm just going to take 70,000 off your docket there. Just go ahead and, and, and clear them out of the Excel spreadsheet because they're not even going to count anymore. They're dead. 70,000 men of Israel. David, 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 how in the world... Did we get here? What brought us to this point? You've been such a great king. You've been leading us into victory. You have taken out the Philistines. You have led us with praise and with worship. How are we here? How does tiny David go from slaying giants and the people singing songs about him to becoming the reason for their demise? Well, I believe that we can trace David's chain of choices down to three voices that he opened his ear to. 
in this scenario that led him to this moment, David opened his ears and he listened to the voice of three different men. The first is in 1 Chronicles 21 and 1. Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Get the picture. Satan incited David. Insight means to make a request. Satan came to David and he began to put this whole idea in his ear and into his head that you should go and number this nation so everybody will see how great you are. The whole fiasco comes down to David obeying the voice of the enemy. Can I say this today to some of you that need to hear this? Many of the places that we find ourselves in are because we've allowed the voice of the enemy to steer us in that direction. We have found ourselves in certain predicaments because we have been listening to the voice of an adversary who is ultimately about our demise rather than our growth. And rather than connect ourselves to the Word of God for direction on how to live, we dive into books and magazines that tell us what culture is telling us to look like and how we are to behave. And instead of tuning into God's voice in prayer, we plug in our earbuds and we listen to the latest music that instructs us to do something that we know that we should not do. Much of the sin that we partake in is because we've been influenced by what we're listening to or what we've been watching and reading. Many of the mistakes that we'll make as young leaders is because of ideas that we get in our minds that come from sources that are less than godly and are not there to promote our spiritual growth, but they're there to promote our material growth. And what we need to learn to do is to unplug our ears from what the enemy is saying about us. David listened to the voice of Satan and he was pushed into comparing himself with others. So many times we'll lay awake at night comparing ourselves. How do we measure up? If I just had a home like theirs, if I had the money that they had, if I could just have the stuff that their church has, if I could just lead a youth group like their youth group, if I just had the people in my church like like they have in their church. And when we listen to the enemy's voice, we're going to find ourselves comparing to the wrong things and trying to measure up to something that God never intended for you and I to measure up to. We've got to learn to tune out the voice of Satan and not have him direct us. The second voice that that David listened to is in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse number 3. It's Joab. Joab said, may the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. Are they not, my Lord the King, all of them my Lord's servants? Why then should my Lord require this? Why should it be a cause of guilt for Israel? Joab tried to stop David from numbering the people. He said, all of them are your servants. Why do you need to know how many there are? Why do you need to to know the exact number? They're all submitted to you and they're following you. But verse four tells us that the king's word prevailed against Joab. So Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and he came back to Jerusalem. Joab 
adamantly pushed back against the arrogant king's request. Joab was trying to say, no, this isn't the right thing. This isn't what we should do. But David's word would prevail over that of Joab's. Understand that all of this calamity could have been avoided. 70,000 lives could have been saved if David had listened to the sound advice that Joab was giving to him. The problem was that David's advisor didn't have veto power in David's life. Some of you aren't worried about being tripped up because you think you've surrounded yourself with godly friends. You say, well, all my friends are in church. All my friends are from, are from hyphen camp. All my friends are, are leaders in the church where I serve. And you think you've protected yourself because you've surrounded yourself with godly friends. But the problem is none of them have veto power in your life. You enjoy sitting down with them and you enjoy talking about life with them, but you don't have to listen to them when they tell you no. You can debate with them and you can argue with them and you can talk yourself out of listening to what they tell you to do. But I want you to understand if you could get something from this podcast today, it's that you need to have people in your life that can say no to you and you cannot argue with them. And I'm not talking about just spiritual authority. I'm talking about peers. You need someone that doesn't have to explain why to you. Somebody that sits in the same room with you and just says, no, that's not a good idea. And simply because they said it, you say, okay, I'm not going to do that. Maybe they sit you down and they say, hey, I noticed you've been acting this way in front of pastor, but you're acting this way everywhere else. It's somebody you spend your time with and your life with. And they say, well, wait a minute. There's some things that need correction. If you don't have friends like that, I encourage you today, today, call somebody, text your one of your closest friends and say, hey, I want you to know you have veto power in my life. You can always tell me no. Don't be afraid to call me out. Now, I understand that there are some friends that you need to tune out and stop listening to, but if you're surrounded by a group that wants you to succeed in your walk with God, then you need to find someone or or somebodies in that group that you can trust in, that can speak to you and can help you. And you you don't have to put their word above the word of everybody else, but you need to have enough confidence in them that when they say, look, what you're doing is something that doesn't need to be done, you say, okay, I will acknowledge that. I can count on one hand the number of close friends that that I would speak with on a regular basis. And there's even in that small group of people, there's only two of those that would have veto power in my life. They could say no and I would listen to what they say. I think everybody needs friends like that. Everybody needs peers like that, that you can find and you can draw them into your circle and you can say, I trust you to say no to me. The third voice that David listened to is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, beginning in verse number 18. It says, The angel of the Lord had commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. 
Finally, now this is after after judgment is poured out. 70,000 people are dead and David is just now listening to the voice of the prophet. He's just now turned his attention to Gad. And Gad says, it might be that you could lean on the Lord's mercy and go up and offer a sacrifice unto God. David has consulted with the devil. He's consulted with a friend that had no power over him, but he had ignored the voice of the prophet. And the theme that ultimately stops the judgment of God upon Israel is when David went up at Gad's word. G-A-D, not G-O-D. But don't ignore Gad's word because he is the one that is carrying God's word. Now, we sometimes wonder why we feel the way that we do and why we're in the mess that we're in. But the only voices that we've listened to are those who aren't speaking God's word into us. The only ones that we're in tune with are the ones that are telling us the next big idea, the next great thing, but not the ones that are sharing God's word to us. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You've got a gad in your life that is sensitive to the voice of God. And if you'll listen and submit to the voice of Gad, the road ahead of you will be far less painful. This should have been something that was instilled in David from the beginning because his first prophet was a man named Samuel. Samuel is the one that ultimately called David out from the field where he was tending sheep and anointed him to be king. It was Samuel that had had trained him and spoke to him about sensitivity to God's voice. Remember when Samuel was a young boy, he lived in the temple with the priest Eli. And one night Samuel heard his name being called. Three times it happened. He heard the name Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He got up and he ran to Eli each time thinking that he was being called for. And finally, the old prophet Eli had enough insight to tell Samuel, go and next time you hear that voice calling to you, say, here am I, because it was not the prophet speaking to him. It was the voice of God that was speaking to him. I'll never forget Scott Graham preaching the message at Youth Congress in Atlanta, Georgia, and he preached that night about where does the mountain begin, but he mentioned this story of Samuel hearing the voice of God for the very first time, and he he asked this question that I have never forgotten, and it has been something that has helped me over the years. He said, isn't it amazing that the first time that Samuel heard the voice of God, he thought it was his pastor. The first time God starts calling his name and speaking to him and trying to direct him, he thought it was Eli the prophet. I wish that some of us were so in tune with the man of God that was in our life that when we hear God speak to us, we we hear it in the voice of our prophet, in the voice of our pastor, in the voice of the minister that has spiritual authority of, over us. I am convinced that if we were more submitted to the spiritual authority that is in our life, that God would bless us more than he has already. Maybe you're not sure how to hear the voice of God. Maybe you say, I'm not sure how I I can be sensitive to that. But I think some of us could learn to hear the inaudible yet unmistakable voice of God if we would open our ears to the voice of God. 
of Gad. If we would just find that voice that would be directed to us and not get upset when it tells us something we don't want to hear, not get our not get all uh, tightly wound when when it speaks to us and directs us, but when our pastor speaks to us, it ought to be something that directs us. Because if we can get our voices right, the voices that we listen to, the voices that we hear, that's why it's so important. The kinds of entertainment we take in, it's the kind of podcasts that we listen to, the kind of books that we read. Just because it's labeled Christian doesn't mean it's beneficial for us. Just because it's somebody's a pastor doesn't mean they're the voice for us. It's the voice that is most important to you may be the voice that nobody else has ever heard of before, but it's that solid, consistent voice of the prophet that is there for you. I think if you'd get your the voices that you're listening to in priority, that God would increase your leadership capacity. He would grow your ability, your understanding, and your knowledge of the kingdom and of the things of God if you could just get your ears in sync with the right voice. Let's pray together as we conclude our podcast today and our time together. Jesus, I thank you now for the voices that you have put in our life. Now, we know there's voices all around us in the atmosphere, Lord, that that we ought to tune out and that we ought to quit listening to, and they would try to distract us from our purpose and try to distract us. And I'm asking, God, that you would silence those voices, but that you would increase the voices in our lives that would direct us. Help us, God, to find a peer that we can trust, that would have veto capacity in our life. And God, help us to submit to our pastor. No matter what the, the the tension has been between us in the past, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have an open dialogue and that, God, you would help us to be able to listen to that individual as they guide our life and know the plan that you have ultimately for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to join the Next Gen Podcast today. I believe in you. I believe in this generation. And I believe the greatest revival is about to happen as we equip and prepare ourselves with greater capacity than ever before. God bless. We'll catch you in the future. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.